0: Borders. Hi,
1: Hi, A dedicated dad and long distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries. And in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long distance parenting. My name is Blue, and I am a Dab Without Borders. Hello, and welcome back to Dab Without Borders. I'm sick this week, so I will keep this short. And just to say that over the next few weeks and months I have some fantastic guests Um, A really interesting mix from various parts of the world And yeah, many different experiences Um, Some professionals in various areas um, And others are just dads with great stories Um, Which is every dad, really, every parent We all have some interesting stories And some useful, you know, some wisdom to share with each other Um, So yeah, I'm really excited about the next few months um, on the podcast. But today we have Jamie. Jamie is from the northeast of England and he is the first Geordie that we've had on the show. And if you don't know what a Geordie is, well, it's uh, somebody from the northeast of England. And that's the accent you're about to hear. And it's a really fun story that he shares about going to the Peruvian jungle, which led him to be the dad that he is today. As well as that, he's a dad of twin boys, age three, so he's very much in, th- in the thick of it. And he also talks about his boys being potentially on the um, autism spectrum, and they're going through the assessments um, to try and figure that out. So that's an interesting thing to hear too, because I know there's lots of people that you know, may be dealing with that. Um, so yeah, as ever, it's another dad that has some great experiences to share, and, you know, some learning points to offer as well. Please enjoy. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, yeah, really appreciate taking the time.
0: Oh, you're very welcome, Blue. It's, uh, I'm, I'm genuinely honored to um, become part of the um, Dads Without Borders community. Thank you for wanting to have this conversation with me, man.
1: So listen, you, let me just set you up a little bit. You're a dad of yep. two, two twin boys, three and a half years old around there. Yep. You're still with the mum yeah uh you're raising them together so you i mean i guess like most parents if they're together you're co-parenting um however that works out i'm sure we'll get into that a bit um i'm already impressed that you've got twin boys and you're still with the mum, knowing how much (laughs) as a dad of two boys uh how much pressure there is on time and relationship and all the rest of it um but yeah maybe you could just set up a set up for the listener where exactly are you in the world um What are you doing for a living? You know how do you kind of sort of make ends meet and any other any other sort of interesting bits and pieces?
0: Oh yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah, so I live in the UK um, and I live in a small town called Todmorden. So so quite rural, um, and we we sort of sit between two major northern cities, which are Manchester and Leeds. um, And there's a train line that runs conveniently that runs through the town. Which is kind of one of the reasons why I live here. That that connects you to, to both of them cities for work purposes. Um, and so I um, I work in um, I, I work for children's services, um, and I'm a specialist in an approach called uh, restorative practice. So it's about a relationship focused approach to working with children, young people, families, um, and it's about. Working with people, one of the principles is about giving ownership to solutions by the people affected. So as a professional, you don't come in and do things to them or do things for them. You do things with them. And like, you know, the, the plan for change has to be written by the people affected by it. So it's their plan, mainly in Leeds, but um, my sort of training programmes get, get sold here, there and everywhere. I was a youth worker prior to that so working with difficult to engage teenagers was my specialty. it's where it's, you know, it's where I cut my teeth as a, as a historic practitioner and if you, if you want to resolve dispute and conflict with the sort of young people that I used to work with, if you go in and trying to be punitive and try and be the judge and the jury, they've had that their all, the whole life and like, you know, and, um, you know, the, the response is usually two words long, and, and and the second one being off, you know. And you know, are just not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the outcome you want. But if, you know, so 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 like having having like having a different approach, and having cut my teeth. Like I did that for 17 years before I moved full time at the train, and you know, so 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 like you know, I really do have like I do like I like to think I know what I'm talking about when it comes <laughs> to, when it when it comes to these things. And so yeah, and so so I live in I live in a, a small rural town now, um, and you know a bit like yourself, you know I, I've always been quite an active person, um, and mountain biking is is one of my big passions, right? And the great thing now, I mean, like I lived in Leeds for a long time. I've been out here for about seven years now. I lived in, um, I lived in Leeds for a long time. And the great thing about living here now is, especially now I'm a parent. Okay, if an opportunity comes my way and I want to go out on my mountain bike, I don't have to. I don't have to plan it. I'll think about it. Say, oh, oh, right. And, you know, I can just get, get on my kit, get my kit on, get on my bike. And within 10 to 15 minutes, I could be on a bridle way, cycling up a, a big hill, a big mountain. Cause what I, like where I live is in a, an area called the South Pennines and the Pennine the Pennines are a range of mountains in Northern England, sometimes called the backbone of England. And obviously we're sort of at the Southern, the Southern sort of starting point there. And we have like a, we have a great bridleway system, which is good for mountain biking. On you allow, like it's they're, they're what you allowed to take your bikes on. So we have quite a few around here, um, including the Pennine bridleway and stuff. So, so I can just, I can just, like, yeah. So you can find
1: some sanity as a parent by just jumping on a bike and.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be planned even. You know, sometimes you plan it, and sometimes you can just see your opportunity and 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 take it.
1: Yeah, quality of life really. And you also you run a podcast, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah so it's called the f23 podcast and it's me in conversation for about an hour with various sort of like weird underground artists that are like genuinely talented genuinely amazing that you may not uh, be aware of or heard of but um but but yeah me sort of having an hour-long conversation with them um you know about some of the things they've been doing or working on or um you know what makes them tick and that that you know that that kind of thing Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you got
1: a good balance going on with being a dad of twins, given that you've got the access to the outdoors and the mountain biking, a job that's probably on some level set you up to understand youth, at least maybe a little bit older, but like just the idea around kids and family dynamics and stuff. And then you've got this release, which I love the podcast for that experience. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just getting that creative release is so nice as a parent, is what I find.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And like, so this opportunity to be, you know, to, to be creative and to challenge yourself and stretch yourself. Like I knew nothing about making podcasts when I you know when I started out. Like, you know, and I know a little bit now. And like and, and like, you know, and if you listen to them from beginning to end, you you'd hopefully maybe notice some technical improvements and that kind of thing. And that, you know, and that was wonderful. But the other thing that I didn't really realize was gonna happen was the fact that it started in lockdown those conversations were actually really important i was dead lucky to be having like regular conversations with interesting thought provoking people um, so like you know that that was that, that was a personal takeaway that i hadn't really anticipated
1: yeah no doubt well hey let's let's jump into the family because you got the twin boys yeah. which i'm really interested to hear about yeah yeah how to how to raise twins but there's a couple of yeah. other pieces that i wanted to jump into um yeah. so And I want to start, before you were a dad,
0: you You
1: and your partner, you're still with, um, you are on a journey in Peru in a jungle, and you you met a shaman and experienced some sort of ceremony that led you to, I guess, being the father that you wanted to be in a way in terms of like, no alcohol, no drugs, pretty clean living. What's that about? Did you know you were going to be a parent when that happened? when you were in the jungle or was this something that just set you off on a new path in life?
0: I didn't know I was going to be a parent at that point. I mean, like it, it was something, you know, it's something that I was kind of interested in. Like, and I remember as a kid being really fascinated by the idea of being a parent, being a dad, but like the, 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 it had never been right to do that in my, in, in my life. And like and and like you know and it is it's kind of like an outcome, but it wasn't like it what it wasn't it wasn't intentional on my part. But I'd heard you know the first ever time I heard about sort of like the medicine that is called ayahuasca, um, I felt a calling to take it. Right, I, the moment I heard about, it, I was like, I want to have this. I want to have this experience. Okay, and I didn't even really under, understand what it was. And I don't I, like you know, and I think if I think that's sort of like fairly usual, really. If you get that calling, you know, and I wouldn't like, you know, and I'm gonna talk a bit about how, I guess, how about how amazing it was, and my experience was, um, and how how beneficial it's been to my life. But um, you know, I'm not saying it's that doesn't mean it's for everyone, you know. Like if you get that calling, and it's very very typical when people who have sort of profound experiences sort of like had had a feeling like that about it. Um, but if but if, if you don't if it's you know and it's, you know then it's not for you and that's and that's cool too and i think there are other there are plenty of other ways you know you can experience sort of like um life-changing events through spiritual practices like meditation breathing techniques or yoga or whatever but anyway so i knew i always wanted to do it um and my 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 um, joe my partner she'd been having sort of like health issues sort of like chronic fatigue fibromyalgia type things and she also had a Uh, an endometriosis diagnosis which is um it's 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 something that one in ten women get but it's not really very well known um and it's 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 like basically when um you have a period that some of the sort of womb lining that you're supposed to discharge gets caught up in your body in other places and it can cause it it, it can cause problems Um, and so she kind of thought that fertility was going to be an issue you know so 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 like um so when I when when I went to Peru and like we were gonna go and stop with this shame and while we were in the jungle, like I like my healing intention was to get was to get healing around the sort of abuse I'd experienced as a child and growing up and the trauma from that, and that the way I used alcohol and drugs to sort of suppress that. And that's absolutely what I got. I just I didn't really realise what I was asking for because if if you told me how I'd be when I came, you know, before I went, if you told me how I'd be when I came back, I would go, nah, that wouldn't that 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 wouldn't be me, um, you know. But I t- but it is absolutely what I got. And so so like um, I've started so I started my ayahuasca journal here in the UK, set my healing intention and all of that, um, and 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 went went to the jungle. Didn't really, you know, didn't really know what, didn't really know what to expect, had no idea, you know, what the, what the medicine was like. And, you know, and as you were sort of saying, you know, part, part of this has been sort of like to sort of like embrace sobriety. And as you can probably gather by some of my interests, right, you know, I've done a lot of partying, you know, and I kind of, you know, I kind of knew, knew what it, what, you know, what it was like to sort of like um, alter your conscious. And I kind of like, I kind of like, is a shamanic ceremony kind of like just a, a, a rave in the jungle? But like you know, instead of there being a sound system, you know they're playing music on a flute. But like it's it's not really, it's not really what it's like. It's um you know it's just born it's just born on on the ex like on the experience of like you know um you you know partying rather than like um seeking seeking healing. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that if that's your thing, of course. So anyway, it's the day of ceremony, right? So hang on, hang on.
1: Let's just let's just back up a little bit. Are you like? Just to set this up a bit more, are you fi- are you landing in Peru, finding a dugout canoe, canoeing into the jungle to find a village where there's a man with a tall hat? Like, how does it?
0: <laughs> well, I'd already i'd i'd already um, found my shaman before I went out there, and I think like if this is an important thing, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna go and do this because it has because it has become like very a very popular pastime for people. Lots of people are seeking this out. I think. Like my my tip would be to go with a shaman if you can with like a, a recommend that, that you you know that you know is good. A recommendation so you can look you these people can, up on Google. You can kind of look it. them up, you can look them up on Google or whatever, yeah. But like, you know, if you if you can like say if you like because some people you know don't do it properly or dishonest and things like that. We met people in the place we were at who'd had some not so positive experiences before they ended up with our shaman. So my, so my tip was, is to go with, go, you know, go with a recommend that you, that you trust, that you know, is a reliable, a, a, re- a reliable source. Because these days, you know, it's, it's a money making business in a, you know, in essentially like a third world country, if you like. Huh, you know? Interesting.
1: So you yeah. do your research and you know, it's all set up yeah. before you get
0: there. You know yeah, you're, where you're going as yeah. a shaman. I, I mean, or if you're traveling around Peru, talk to other people who are traveling around, right? Because they'll be able like because you'll find people who've done it and they'll be able to recommend people they've had right. they have had positive experiences with. But I'd I'd all set up um in in in, in advance. And it's interesting because I like, I am from the I'm from the northeast of England, sort of near near Newcastle, um and the northeast, that's where my family are from. And it turns it like, and I always thought I'd go with an indigenous shame, but it turns out. I the, the shaman I ended up choosing David he is he's from South Shields, which is where my mother's side of the family all come from and like one, one, one of my one of my sort of mates he, he he'd been with him and that's and I guess he knew through the circles that he was good and like you know hearing about his stories I was like all right that's who, that's who, that's who I want to go with then. Um, and it, t- well, it turns out we used to go to school. He was in the same year at school as one of my cousins, and 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 all, all that. So so there so there you go. which was a sort of interesting coincidence. So yeah. So we, so when we went to the jungle, we went we, we, You know, we you know you know like we knew the shame and we were going to stop with was there. And he sent his driver who, who picked us up in a, a, a quitos So we didn't need we didn't need to paddle up um, the river the river in a canoe. We we got on a motocaro which is a bit like a rickshaw, but it's powered by a motorbike. And had a, and like that—that's that, where the scary journeys begin. Like on the back of his motor car, but like he, driving like he was around the streets. Like when he turned off onto the jungle track, mean Joe were like, oh, phew! This isn't going to be as scary, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> Tearing around all the jungle tracks as well was just as so scary. But yeah, wow. and then and then then like you know, we're, then then uh, the, um, we're stopping in the jungle. It's a beautiful, it's a it's a beautiful paradise, right? You know, it's all the amazing things you kind of like. Associate beautiful trees, animals, uh, and, and and everything everything that comes with it. Um, we we had um, like a, we had a, like we arrived and then we had a full day there before our first ceremony, which was which was on, on the Friday. Um, and the ceremonies take place in a ceremonial hut. It's called a maloka, um, and it's, it's you know it's a lar- it's a very large sort of like almost round hut um, with an altar at one place. Um, like David likes the ceremonies to begin at six in the evening that's pretty much when the sun goes down um, and uh, we, and he likes people to get to the Malacca between sort of half five and, and, and quarter to six so you know so we arrived there there was quite a few trainee shamans with him at the time he had about nine or ten trainee shamans and there was about 12 people I think like us who were visiting for you know, the healing experience. And you all have your own individual space to, to sit in, to lie in. Um, and um, there's like, you know, there's like some cushions and a blanket. Um, you, you know, they advise you to bring some water. You can have a head torch, but when ceremonies in full flow, you, you already turn your head torch on when you're outside the hut because the darkness is very important and you want to disturb other people's journeys as little as possible. And there's a purge bowl, which is like, predominantly for puking in and um, some some luro and you bring like, you know, you advice to bring a bottle, a bottle of water and what have you. And so you sit in your own little space and like when the when the, when the ceremony begins, you know, you're not supposed to talk to anyone or touch anybody or, or, or disturb anyone until like the ceremony is officially brought to the point where the ceremony is officially brought to a close and um, and so you and so you so you sit there in the dark and ha, and sort of like have your own journey, your own experience um and it's you know and it, it's kind of it's kind of crucial that it sort of like works on that in that way, and like um this the shaman has has their altar and then um, invites everybody up by name one by one and gives them a cup of ayahuasca, then they drink last um and um, like um, how our shaman does it for your first ceremony, he he only gives you like half a cup, and so so like the training shaman, the training shamans like um, well one of the training shamans, Jess, she was sat with me and Joan, so she was explaining all this before the ceremony started. She was sort of like inducting us into sort of like the protocols and everything, and what she said as well is like you know. If if you do want to have another half a cup in the ceremony, David has said when he plays the happy drum, um, that would be a suit like when he's finished playing the happy drum, that would be the suitable point in ceremony. Um and what the shamans do once this once the ceremony is officially started is they um sing songs or play songs or whistle songs, they can play drums, flutes, shakers. Um and the the songs are called ikaros or ikaros. Um and, they're, 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 and, like, um, and they and they came and they just—it's hard to describe. I'll talk a bit about them as, as we go through it, but they sort of like they provide a framework. Sometimes, like when you're struggling, especially if you're struggling, if you tune into the ayahuasca, it will help. It will like it, it gets you know it gets you through. It gets you through. And yes, yeah, so, so he calls me up, and I drink my half a cup of ayahuasca, and I, I, I sit back down and. Um, and everybody else goes up. He, he blows the candle out that was in the middle of the malacca. He blows the candle out on his altar, and this, you know, and the cer- the ceremony officially starts. And then um, the first akaro he did was like a whistling akaro, nearly always starts by just whistling with, with a whistling tune. Um. then the next one I remember, like, um they make these like shakers and they're, they're made sort of like out of palm leaves, lots of palm leaves that are all interwoven together. And they just sort of shake them and they go like, shik, shik, shik. and the ayahuasca was starting to have an effect. And, and if you don't know the active ingredients in ayahuasca is called, it's called DMT and it's like the most potent natural hallucinogen that we know of on the, on, on the planet. And then um, it's a, basically a vine mixed with a leaf and, um, the enzymes in your body w- would break down the DMT from the vine, like um, pretty pretty quickly. So you wouldn't, without the without the leaves, you wouldn't really feel any effects. But the leaves are enzyme inhibitors, right? So they, they so they knock the enzymes in your liver out, so like you can feel the so you feel the effects of the DMT. But like that wears off, at about four a point sometime, roughly between four to six hours, sort of after you after you drink it you know so whatever happens you know you know it will pass <laughs> and in a few hours your enzymes will kick in and uh, you know the, and, and, and sort the dmt out so anyway i'm I, i'm sat there i've had half a cup he's got he's shaking the shake it's like sh- 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 sh-. i'm like and and the medicine is starting to work and my vision is going sort of all Mandela-ish and sort of like morphing into each other. But it's sort of it, there's something about the sort of shh shh, and the way the morphing is happening. It's like, it's like they're linked, you know. You can, you know, the way that the way that's happening and the breeze that's coming from. And also you're in the jungle, right? So the other thing, as well as the Icaros, the jungle's a very noisy place. So you've got the you've got the noise of the jungle that also sort of like um, a the a company ceremony. I ended up recording an hour of jungle noise at six o'clock just to bring home. With me. <laughs> anyway, I, so I'm feeling, you know, after a while, I'm feeling the ayahuasca. right? And I'm, and, I, and I'm aware that she's with me and she's kind of like she's kind of like just behind me. And she and I see her arm, she, her arm and she sort of waves her arm in front of my eyes and goes, I want you to, to meet all the different spirits that are part of the ayahuasca cosmos. And there was all these like shapes. And I, I knew that they were different sort of like jungle spirits, plant spirits um, and all those kinds of things. But I, I couldn't really make them out except for one, which was a trickster spirit. And I've always been interested in trickster spirits. Um, Eris, the Greek goddess of chaos, Mr. Anansi, the spider god. It, that was one of the first books I loved as a kid was a book about him. So, like, so I think that's why I could recognize a trickster spirit when I saw one. He's called Chula Chaki, as it goes, you know. Um, So anyway, you know, um, so I recognize him and he's a shape changer. And he changed shape. He was dead pleased I recognized him. He changed shape into, like, a panther and ran around the edge of the malacca and vanished. And, like, um, and then David was playing, like, the happy drum. And, like, I I, I I said to Ayahuasca, I was like, You know, I'm only here for a limited period. Like, I'm not going to have many ceremonies. Like, and so, like, I just want to go in. I want to go ayahuasca deep. I don't want to stay ayahuasca light because I don't really, I don't really have that much time. She was like, I'm ready to take you deeper. So when he, so when he finished playing the drum, I went up to the altar, um, and he looked at us and he said in his Chardy accent, "Do you want more ayahuasca meat?" (laughs) And I was like yes please <laughs> that's awesome the geordie shaman the geordie shaman do you want my ayahuasca beast? <laughs> so i was like yes please david and like uh, while he was sorting it out i just had this vision it was like a ring of like david's just sort of all around and ayahuasca was telling me this guy is my guy like you're in safe hands like you know and this guy is my guy he's 100 the real deal like you know here we go and so so i had my other half a cup it doesn't taste very nice. Let me just point that out as well. It's one of the most vile tastes and substances you'll ever have the misfortune of drinking. The more you drink it, the more vile it gets because you remember the first time you don't know what to <laughs> anyway. So i go back anyway. I go back, I go back to my seat and the medicine you know gets stronger and stronger. Um, and ayahuasca basically says to me, Would you like to go to the higher realm? Would you, like to, I can, would you like to come on a journey with me to the higher realm? And I go, yeah, of course. She goes, great, well, come with me then. And off she goes, but I don't. So she comes back and she says, oh, I thought you said you wanted to go to the higher realm. What, what's wrong? How, how come you're not following me? I was like, oh, I can't. She's like, why not? It's like, I'm blocked. She's like, what do you mean you're blocked? I was like, I'm blocked. I can't come because I can't, I can't come to the higher realm because I hate myself. She was like, "All right, well, who put that blockage there?" I did. She was like, "Right, well, this is what we do in ceremony, okay? We do this thing called purging, you know. And when we come ac- when we come across things like this, one of the one of the ways we heal is we purge. Um, and I'm going to help you out this time, and I'm going to send my snakes, okay? And all these snakes slid across the milaka, up into my body, up into my throat, and I just went. Bleh! And I threw up, and like I had my purge. bowl. I mean, before this happened, I'd heard of, it's kind of weird. You hear the people in the dark purging, so I'd heard other people vomiting quite like profusely. He like go, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> so I knew, and you know, I kind of knew what it was going to be like. So, so I did that, and like, and and I was just like, it was kind of amazing, you know. It was kind of it was kind of a revelation, you know, because like. I think self hate self hatred. It's easy to blame others. Oh, I had this you know I I, I I had some quite bad experiences as a, as, as a child. So you know, so it's their fault. It's, it's the school. The school never knew, understood, and picked up on it properly. It's their. You know, you kind. You know, you kind. You kind of blame others for these kind of things. But when you realize that, like, actually, an element, an element of this, or like, you know, like I, the experiences were my choice but how, how I feel about them, how I respond, how I respond to it kind it kind of is, you know, um, and just be, and then just be, you know, and then just being able to sort of like, <laughs> just get that out of my system. Like, I like, you know, like after I was like, all right, I feel, I feel good. Then at this point, a massive angel made out of energetic white light, walked into the malacca floated right into the middle of it was about 12 foot high or something like that and it just held out its arms and had like massive wings it was in the right in the middle of malacca and it just spun round and round and went right up into the ceiling and it was like we were under the protection of this sort of like beautiful beautiful angel like it was just a beautiful beautiful presence um and I thought everybody else just must be able to see this thing. Right. You know, and then I could then I saw this sort of like devil with a pitchfork going up and like jabbing at the angel like this. And I said to her, I was, oh, look at that silly evil spirit It doesn't have a chance against our angel. She's like, no, 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 that's not an evil spirit. That's that, that, that's like a negative energy, you know. And that's why the angel is here. We can release all the negative energy we need to in this ceremony and the angel is going to turn it to love like that's why the angels are you know? wow oh, i know right wow so I'm, lo- I'm lost
1: in this story this is awesome so what so, th- so at that point where are you like is is an hour gone by or are you like late into the night at this point
0: <sighs> who got, knows who knows I've, I've got no idea i, I think we're I, th- I would say we're over an hour i, th- I would go for a, an hour an hour and a half but honestly once you're deep in the medicine who knows like Linear time, time, linear time time. Doesn't it, matter. It, 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 it's it's completely it's yeah it's it's it's, co- it's completely it's completely irrelevant uh it doesn't make you know you just lo- you lose it you lose your grip on it entirely wow um so yeah so she says to me right well let's go let's go up to the higher realm i was like oh okay and off she goes and i can't go with her and she comes back and she says i thought you wanted to come with me i said i do she's like oh well what's stopping you i says well i'm blocked now and she's like oh right well what's blocking you i was like i'm depressed <laughs> i can't go to the higher realm because i'm depressed and she said well you know what we gotta do <laughs> right and so like i purge depression basically so and you did- purged
1: once and now you're purging again
0: and again yeah purging. yeah yeah and then we we did that we did the same thing twice more okay um, you know, she 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 she, she, asked, she invited me to the high realm and I said, Oh, I can't come because I'm blocked. And she's like, What's blocking me? And I was like, Oh, and who put it there? Oh, it was me. Um and after the after after the fourth time, she said, Right, I'm really pleased with you. You've done some you've done some brilliant work. And what I've got to say is there's a point where you've got to accept this experience. There's a point before all this happened where you're aware that like you're going into some funny realm and like and like you know and it, and it's and it's challenging and it feels a bit weird but you got to say to yourself but you know what i'm i'm just going to accept it and you have to like you know and i think like i think it's i think it's really really helpful to sort of like to just sort of like say that you know there is a point where you have you do make some kind of choice to just surrender to the whole thing and not be hung up on the rational mind and logic and stuff like that um because because, yeah, because that's kind of how it works. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, so, so, so I've done it this fourth time. She's like, I'm really pleased. I'm really proud of what you've done. You've done some excellent stuff for you. And I kind of could look inside myself and I could see that there were still some more blockages, you know. And she said, like, this time we really will go and meet the higher power. Or if you want, before we go, we could. Do another, you know, we could work on another blockage if you like. I was like, no, no, let's just. Go. <laughs> I was like, thank you. We've done enough work. Let's just go then, if we don't have to do any more. Um, and yeah, and basically, I had it. I then went on to encounter an entity separate to myself that was just. It was the, just a force of pure love. It was everything that the universe is made up of. It was. The creation—it had a sense of intelligence way beyond anything, sort of terrestrial or human. And as soon as I was in its presence, I knew exactly what it was. Right? I just felt this—I just felt the light and the presence of utter pure love. And like, even though I possibly didn't have a form, I just fell on my knees and surrendered to this thing and said, "Like, I want to be your servant." And I knew this thing knew everything about me, knew everything I'd ever done every thought I'd ever thunk right and I was enough all it had for me was just pure and other beautiful rejuvenating love um and I hung out in its presence and we had a sort of conversation and I f- came back to the malacca back to my body and I f- still felt like I had a connection to this thing and ba- you know and, and you know to be in its presence was to know it and to understand or to understand it a bit better than I, than I do now, but you, but it, but it's still something beyond like human comprehension, but it is the creative force of the universe. And that creative force is love. And like everything has come from it and goes back to it. And, um, you know, and everything and that, and, and that you know, and, and as cheesy as to say that, you know, we're all one, we're all part of this thing. And it doesn't matter if you walk towards it or walk away from it, like you know it's the only truth there is regardless of how of of how you respond to it you know um and so the so the shaman calls the ceremony to to an end and i'm sat next to joe right and she turns to me and says oh my god like uh, You were throwing up so much. I was like, oh, I hope he's okay. I was like, no, Joe, it was amazing. It was beautiful. There's no need to worry. I was like, I had an ego death. (laughs) When I I was throwing up, I was throwing up self-hate And then I met met my higher power. And like, like David was like, wow, Jamie, on your first ever, your, (laughs) your first ever ceremony, you did all that. That's that's amazing. And yeah, the other thing to say, it's like when the shaman's bring the ceremony to a close, there's like a change in the Icaros for the last hour or 50 minutes or whatever. Something about the Icaros changing. and they become a lot more celebratory. Like some of the trainee shamans were joining in and that kind of stuff. Like and at this point, I was just in tears of joy, just loving these sort of like really sort of like beautiful Icaros. Yeah, like, you know, it's basically my shaming and encourage, like you know what i was saying was i met my higher power they were they, they were my exact words to joe in in, in, the, in the malacca when the ceremony closed but but david encouraged he says like you know our our culture the culture we're from like you know we we have a word for it we we, we call it god um but like when i so if i use god i like yeah, I'm, I'm okay we could call it source we can call it higher power we can call it the universe i'm okay with god but when i use the word god i don't they can use the word God in our culture and people imagine some sort of ultra ultra patriarch, alpha male type character in a robe with a beard and a, a book of rules in one hand and like a, a lightning bolt in the other. You know, that's not that's if I use the word God, that's like, you know, I'm talking about something that's very different. To that. yeah, so, yeah. so so I walk so you know, so I I walked into the jungle like a sort of like a cynical materialist, atheist person and after one ceremony (laughs) born again That happened if you like yeah
1: (laughs) so i mean at that point then what shifted for you i mean it sounds to me like you kind of geared back um from the partying the drugs the drinking yeah the sort of ego self like is that what is that like one of the big physical sort of changes well basically
0: yeah absolutely like my second ceremony a few days later um I purged addiction it was all about addiction and I I purged addiction like and I got a very powerful teaching and healing around around my my attitude towards substances um you know um and, and 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 you know like um and and you know basically what she was saying to me was you know like you know, you, 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 you lie to yourself, you know, and you like, you know, and you, you might say like having a drink is the best way to relax with my friends. But what you're saying is addiction is the best way to relax with my friends. You know, it, like, um, you know, addiction is the, is the best way to unwind. Addiction is the only way I, I have confidence. Addic- you know, and it's a lie. It's a lie. Like, you know, or, like, you know, and you could, you, could, you know, it's a, it, it's a lie. And then like, the other thing that was happening was like i was con- i was connected to this tremendous pain like during that ceremony and i f- i felt absolutely awful i felt sick and like i was like i was like freezing cold on the inside and boiling hot on the outside i was drenched in sweat i was rocking back and forth and like you know and this this was all the build in the build up to the purge and what she was saying she was saying like i'm not do- i haven't done this to you i'm not doing this to you this is the pain that you have caused yourself. This is the pain you carry in your soul. That you turn your back on, and like, and 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 like, you know, from from the sort of like um, hedonism, escapism, you know, like, and it's and it's, it's, it's no big secret that like the ayahuasca shamans do not like Western drug taking or alcohol or anything like that, you know. Um, but yeah, but it, but it was awful, and I, and I had this big purge, and um, and and and. And, you know um I, I like in a way I like to think that that's like if you want to look at it in a more um, sort of rational perspective that's that that ceremony gave me like a new neural pathway or some pathways in my brain because like it because like so I had to you know and if, if you look at the way Narcotics anonymous work you know first you have to surrender to your higher power <laughs> and then you have to give up drugs and that's, that's kind of what happened to me in the jungle you know um and that's my second ceremony yeah I, like a purged addiction, it was—it was a very hard thing to admit. It was a very hard thing to admit, like that, that this thing was 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 actually a real problem, and um, and it was a very you know, and, and 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 you know, and if you knew me before the jungle, you know, like like, you know, I was I was I was always up for sort of like you you know a party. So to come back and say, right, well, that's it. Like you know, I'm not I'm not doing it again. I was over four years ago now. Wow. Um, um but, but you, like, go on. I was going to say. That's what happened, right? And um, you know, and 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 as as much as I wouldn't have said this before I went, like my life I needed to do it. My life is 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 a is a load low bear. And you know, I'd always been active. I'd, all, I'd always been quite a healthy eater and stuff like that. But I think like the you know, the one the like one of the like well, what I said in ceremony was like because I was having this difficult time and everyone was worried about me. And like and like um, when david came over to me and joe was there but addiction is my biggest demon <laughs> and david's like ah is that what we're dealing with right okay you'll be fine <laughs>
1: probably not the first time he's come across that exactly yeah
0: yeah yeah pretty common so yeah so yeah. So um you know like i say i got i absolutely won million percent got what i asked for right i just didn't realize that, that was what it would what 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 it would look like you yeah, know wow. i had a few more ceremonies out there but, my partner also got a lot of healing for sort of like her. She had, she had sort of like quite, di- quite different experience and ceremonies and that kind of thing. But one of the things she was concerned about was a fertility. One of the healings and teachings she got was that you are a fertile, you know, powerful, beautiful woman. And the time is right for you to have children. So, you know, we got back from Peru in October and Joe got pregnant in December. We'd only we'd only tried a couple of times, and then yeah, we had it. We had it. We had a we had a bit of a scare. So they brought us in for a scan in in January. I think it was about eight weeks or something like that. And that's when, like, when we knew she was pregnant. Obviously, by this point, I mean like Joe kind of knew straight away. And then like, um, yeah. So So, the nurse is doing the ultrasound, right, and she goes, "The news is good. look, here is a small like here is he's a small fetus, really healthy, really happy there's the heartbeat looks exactly like we'd hope and expect at this point in a pregnancy. Oh, but wait a minute, what's this? It's another heartbeat, and here is another perfectly healthy and we were just like, ah." And they could tell from the pregnancy at that point that they were going to be identical twins, right? They, they could just tell from the style of, style yeah, of pregnancy. Yeah. So, so we knew we were having identical twins before we knew what the gender was or anything. And we just burst out laughing. We laughed for a good couple of minutes. We just said, like, oh, it was what, like, literally what the, probably the happiest moment of my life so far. And then we had a bit of a cry. Like twins. <laughs> no <laughs> um, doubt. Yeah. And at this point, you know, I mean... I don't know. I did not want you. You know. I. I guess I knew a little bit about parenting and that kind of thing. Like I'm the oldest on my mom's side of the family in my generation, so I had like baby cousins and stuff like that. You know. So I, like, like I kind of knew knew a, knew a little bit about um, sort of like babies and parenting, but knew nothing about bringing up twins. No. <laughs> nothing so about. What, at that point, what,
1: what do you do then? Do you like? Do you reach out to people? Do you go to like some men's twin like some sort of twin group or you read up books like what do you do to prepare for that
0: well there's an organization called Tamba, the twin and multiple birth association and they have a book about becoming a parent of multiples and it's kind of like um it's the go it's 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 the go-to really and they've also got they've also got a pretty good website plenty of good resources videos those kinds of things and so like yeah like we, we that, that, that is basically where we picked up lots of the stuff that's sort of like um, twin twin specific and like then there's you know there, there's forums there's there's social media groups and things like that you know with with twin parents so you can put up a post like oh i'm experiencing this you know right has anyone, as they, who, who else has experienced this? What tips can you give me? And that kind of thing. You can get some u- really useful insights, you know. And then there'll be things like, so you're potty training, and I might put a social media post in a twins group, and I'll put a post up on just my social media pa- page. And so you'll get parents of singles, like, sort of like being helpful and sharing what's worked for them. So, so saying, like, for example, um oh, do, do, like do like a sticker chart do like a, a sticker chart but on the twins group people say no oh, don't do a sticker chart because if one child does really well and the other one doesn't the one who is the one who's struggling with it will be even more deterred right you know and so, so you, you know so, so there's all these little things like this that you wouldn't there's a parent of sing of singletons you wouldn't think of because you don't need to and it's worked for you right yeah but like you know being and I like, can I guess in this sort of digital age the fact that like I can communicate with like hundreds of twin parents who I've never met before is, yeah. re, you know, has been really helpful. So you can get, you know, you can, so there's an exact, just one little example of like how being a parent of multiples can differ, you know, and, and people. Can,
1: are they quite different in terms of like how they sleep? I mean, it's an obvious like answer probably, of course, they're going to be different, but I've just not had any experience with twins. Like sleeping patterns are different, like
0: well, eating the- how
1: quickly they adjust to different you know, whatever you're trying. The,
0: the, the first thing you sort of, one of, the, one, one of the messages they really sort of impress upon you uh, do the Twins and Multiple Birth Association is to get right from the get-go, get, get your children in, in the habit of sleeping at the same time and eating at the same time. Because if you don't, and if, and like, you know, all you'll be doing is like feeding one, and then when that one's sleeping, you'll be feeding the, like, like, you know, you, like, 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 you, like, you, like, you, like, you know, you've, it's really, really important that you get this right. And right from the get go, right. And still, And like, we, that we saw the sense of that, you know, I saw, <laughs> I saw your little reaction there, you know, you know, you know, you know how bad it is with just one, right? You know, <laughs> So well, yeah, t-
1: I'll tell you why I'm sh- I'll share with you right now as well. We're um, second trimester with my, it's going to be my third
0: oh congratulations we're
1: expecting in may so as soon as you start talking about sleep patterns and stuff which (laughs) which we're already talking about a lot like okay this time we're going to co-sleep for longer and we just yeah anyway we'll see which brings me to this question sorry to cut cut in i was one i was wondering it must be so much more important to be on the same team as the parents because there's often different philosophies and different especially with sleep right like yeah. we've had lots of debates about different you know tactics and stuff like how is that for you guys
0: well well like like i said, you know we set out and we did you know we were, we were fought we were, we followed the advice you know and 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 it's just how we do things and it always has been like you know we got that mail right from the go, get-go but we've had like when you when you get two babies at the same time we were fortunate enough to get some lucky breaks and one is that they're good sleepers they always have been you know so i've I've put them down at seven here and they're gonna wake up at some point between six and seven in the morning like 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 tomorrow that's really good yeah yeah and so so we've, we've so we've we've kind we've kind of always just sort of it's not like sleep was never was never especially like a big a big issue And if it
1: you if- bastard i'm just gonna speak up <laughs> speak on the behalf of so many listeners that are listening going what the so right right let's just stop there
0: yeah i mean in the the first How, year how'd you, you know. do it
1: but how'd you do it are you doing like are you soothing them to put them down because there's two of them or are you letting them cry out a bit or are you co-sleeping like what does that look like
0: yeah i mean like Right. The first thing you the first thing you learn is anything you buy that has twin in front of it costs twice as much as a as a, re, as, a as a regular baby product. Right. So everyone everyone recommends this. Like um, it's it's a regular beside your bed cot. Right. Oh yeah, but it's, yeah. it's a bit. It's a big one. A big big enough. Big enough that if you know that you, you can you can you can, have, you can have twins in it. So 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 that's that's what we've got. That's what we got for for like the first the first few months. Um. But you know, like usually they were ready for sleep. And we had a couple of Moses baskets side by side in the living room as well. I slept in there a lot in the early days. And like, like we never we never respect like, like those Ma- Milo, he was the most sleep resistant, right? And, um, and I used to I used to walk up up and down the upstairs corridor, rocking him like um, sing, singing to him. And the, the thing the thing was as well. Like that, you learned was he would get really stubbornly vocal and resistant. And then the minute that stopped, he'd fall asleep. So 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 before you learn that, you'd be getting like that, and you'd be getting really anxious. So going, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's just no. getting worse and worse. But yeah. then like, oh, he's off. Yeah. <laughs> and he still is a bit like that, you know, when he's overtired when you try to get the sleep yeah, like he's yeah. still like, like you you know, like have an outburst, and then he's like oh, asleep. Um, but it, you know. And, and that happened right but it, it it was few and far between i mean like you know we were still you know what's the first six months still massively sleep deprived and everything you know waking up in the night for feeds and stuff like that but we were lucky and they you know they settled into good sleeping patterns really really smoothly really easily like and, and they did they, they, they don't really go, go down with that that much tonight but they, um They've been at nursery all day. So they, they still like a nap. They don't need a nap every day, but most days. So they haven't had a nap today. So I put yeah. them down at seven. Never heard a peep out of them. Sometimes they lie in bed and that. And I don't yeah. mind that. There's nothing I can do about it anyway, you know? And, no, if, and if, if they're if, happy. Yeah. And if they, sometimes it means that, you know, that they're up till almost eight, eight o'clock at night before they fall asleep. But it just means they sleep a bit longer in the morning anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think only once or twice, once, maybe twice, have I gone in because they've been. You know is that they're,
1: th- they're three and a half, aren't they?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So mine's uh, gonna be my indie, my middle one now. He's yeah. yeah, three in January, but same thing goes down to seven. But he might natter to himself for half an hour, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: 45 minutes sometimes. but whatever. Yeah. He's happy,
0: yeah, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How can like what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to stop that anyways? Like, yeah, just, you know, like, they fine. You know, they've got a share bedroom. Let them just have a little. Let them just have a little bit of their clothes. Um. So yeah. So we were lucky, and the, the, you know, they've always been pretty good eaters. And it was funny because, like, even like, you know, when when we were sat at the table eating, and they'd be in like the bouncy chairs or whatever. Like, I always felt like they were watching us with like intent and desire. Like, oh, that food looks great. I can't wait to eat it. So that you know, so 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 the the, you know the. we've weaned them fairly easily the, the, the they eat most things we've always like like um we've, I've always been sort of like like passionate about home cooking my gran was a great home cooker my mum is an amazing cook and like uh, my parents split up when I was quite young you know so I was kind of raised by my gran and me mum and you, you know and like I remember when I was a student right I'd be living in a shared house and I'd cook a meal for everyone I wouldn't even look in a recipe book and I'd cook this great And people were like how do you do that I was like because I just know like you know and 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 like, you know, so, so like, that's so, always sorry, been important can, to me. Have so we, you
1: just want to go back to being raised by your mum and your gran a lot of the yeah. time? So yeah. they, teach because you're the boy, but were they teaching you how to cook? Or you oh, were just yeah, sort yeah. of watching them? Or you actually no, they, got in there as well?
0: They, like, yeah, watching, I'm getting in there, getting invited. Like often me and, me and my mum would cook together on a Saturday and that, and that kind of thing. My sister wasn't so, you know, you know, like, you know, gender untypical, right? You know, my sister wasn't especially interested in it, but I like, I like, like I, I was, like, uh, like I, 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 I was, I was always fascinated. So yeah, and, and so you know, it's it's something that that we still do. You know, like, uh, uh, yeah, cooking, cooking food from scratch and 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 all all of that has always been sort of like a, a part of how of how we live our lives. And our boys, I got in fact, right when they, you know, when you know when they when we first weaning them, they would turn their nose up at like you know you're trying palm off with some packeted food just for a bit of ease or whatever they wouldn't eat it <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> you know. great so do you because
1: you have quite a, like a really i mean i'd say we're pretty healthy you you sound similar i don't think we're quite yeah. as strict but you have don't you have like a no sugar strict no sugar yeah and low oh no we're maybe the same low gluten diet
0: yeah low gluten diet like um we you know we very rarely have any bread or anything like that in the house. Um. You know, might might get some now and then as a treat. Like the boys love a slice of toast when we do, and you know, and, and and like you know, so we 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 tend to really not have much gluten in the house. But it certainly helps if you're out and about and you want to get, you know, get a pizza or whatever. Or, or, you know, yeah, whatever. for sure, and, for sure, that, that kind of thing. But like the processed sugar thing, we're pretty strict about. And um, I think like the the only sort of pass out they're allowed is birthday cake. um, and it's interesting because, like you know, we, we, like some some parents are of a similar mind. I remember going to one party and there was this big homemade chocolate cake, and we all had a slice. And I remember buying into it, oh, this hasn't really got much sugar in it. And I was like, great, these they're, they're on our you know, they're on our wavelength. Yeah, yeah I get
1: I get a bit twitchy around birthday because we're the same, and I kind of you just know what's going to happen when they have, <laughs> well, you know, when they have that processed sugar, and it's yeah. not pre- It's not pretty when they're little.
0: No, I like. I just don't like sort of having sort of haven't had this sort of ex- this experience of parenting and seeing how conducive it is to our relationship and their mood and their behavior and like you know, and 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 you, yeah, it's just like I don't like you know we. I guess like our culture is sort of like you know we we sell sugar to families and children like you know but it's it does like you know it does make it does make life so much more pleasant have
1: you so have you seen them when like have you seen them on sugar like the impact of it yeah and the differences yeah. so what difference do you find
0: that they, they um they cry they shout they say no they go red in the face that you know you know just their ba- bad behaviours, you know, Tantra- tantrum-y. I remember coming back, I think it was it, it was last Christmas, around last Christmas, when we'd been with sort of like grandparents, aunties and uncles and like, you know, I think their cousins had slipped them some chocolates that we hadn't realised, as well as the bit of treats they'd been allowed. Oh, they were just such a nightmare when we got back in the house. Like, it was just like, it's the sugar, isn't it? It's, it was just like, and they're just not normally like that.
1: Yeah, that's, you know what, that's what I found as well. They'd saw, They just tend to bounce off the walls a bit more and yeah. then you then people will judge you because you're not and you're holding back or and then people think you know that you're not giving the kids the best experience because they're not allowed sweets and all the rest of it but what i found is they find treats in other ways there's other things oh, yeah. that look, like we have popsicles and we have the smallest amount of juice in there with the rest yeah. being water and that's his favorite thing in the world is to have a little have one of those at the yeah. end of his dinner and it's yep. you know there's not I guess there's a bit of fructose in it, like it's a bit of like yeah. natural sugar, but very, very minimal. Very minimal. I mean,
0: our boys love fruit, but yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, relaxed enough with fructose. We do a similar thing, making the popsicles there, or sometimes we mix like banana with a bit of coconut milk and freeze that. The, the that, that is
1: our new discovery in the last year. <laughs> yeah. Coconut milk for anybody out there, coconut milk and banana. And actually, for, <laughs> for us, we'll put for the parents, we'll put honey in it too amazingly good though i love that oh
0: yeah 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 Cheap too yeah I, like i was just like putting some like chopped banana in the freezer then buying some like like nice organic yogurt and blending the frozen banana in the yogurt we call it ice cream that's what they think ice cream
1: oh nice that's a good and one we,
0: and there's a few there's a few recipes for making like brownies out of sweet potatoes and um oh. you know biscuits out of um Powdered almonds and stuff like that. So we do baking with them and make cakes with them and stuff like that. And they, they, you know, they, they love their brownies and their muffins and and, and that kind. That's of
1: true. Stuff. You can, yeah, that's true. You don't need to use lots of sugar in that stuff. I find as well with the um, act to be active outside. So particularly skiing because it can be cold too. Wrap yeah. them up, get them up on the mountain, and then I always have a bag of dried mango. Which is definitely a bit more of a sort of sugary hit in a way. Yeah, yeah. But because that, just to keep them going, as we do a couple of laps on the mountain on the skis, and um, but by the time we finish that, they're so beat, they're so they're tired out. They they sleep it off, they burnt it off, and then they sleep it off, and then they wake up and they're good again. So that's what that's my thing too. Is like, then if there's a few activities that they may struggle or you know, be a little resistant around if they know that there's like that special little treat like mango yep. or a fruit bar or whatever, Absolutely. then yeah, you kind of use that as your little reward yeah. piece, which is good.
0: We have these naked bars and they're not perfect, but they're damn good over here. You know, and we, that's what we use to sort of like, well, if you get this, if you get through this or if you do this, you know, you could, we'll give you, could have a naked bar.
1: So yeah. what happened? Right. I got a question for you. Cause we just had yeah. Halloween here. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Have you done trick or treating with
0: those with those boys we we, we did we didn't we didn't do it this year um and it's it's part it's it's we went we went up to visit me mom in the northeast and we went to a halloween pantomime and we ended up driving back on halloween itself and joe had arranged to go out with some friends and stuff like that so we did you know we made pumpkins with them and bought them skeleton outfits and we went so we did all that but they didn't go around trick-or-treating but like where we like where we live, we've got we've got a good relationship with our neighbors, you know. Um, so I, you know, so our plan is, our hope is that like next year we'll probably do trick or treating with them. But we will give our neighbors the treats in advance that we want them to give our kids when we That's come around. That's sneaky. <laughs> sneaky. I
1: tell you something. That's it's our
0: way around it. And we, something we, we, that
1: were, I was going to say something work my oldest boy, if you tried this one, is um, I'd tell him, this is a few years ago now. Uh, before he went but when he was still living here full-time um, I said I'll trade you 25 cents to 25p for every piece of candy you get and then oh, we can, yeah. you can buy something with it and he was now he wouldn't go for that he's eight years old but he was uh-huh. four he was four and that was that was brilliant it was genius because he was I remember once he reached for a piece of candy and I was like you can eat it if you want but then you're 25 cents down and he's like he put it right back so that worked. And now we have a switch, which, which is a thing here. So he gets all the candy back and then we just trade him for like the snack, but whatever we think is healthier
0: from the yeah. cupboard. I'm yeah. sure
1: many parents think it's abuse, not letting them have that candy, but, but I find that works the switch, which, so we'll do that again next year. I think That's
0: a good idea. Yeah. I like it. I mean, like, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally into the sugar-free sugar free thing for children like I, I think like i think i think it's just such a big help to to to, to our parenting like you know like um you know it really kids, is yeah yeah I, when it's bedtime our kids aren't running around going ah because they've just had a a big a big a big a big hit of sugar, yeah. You know? yeah yeah and like you know we, we have a little routine that we go through to, you know on what you know what walks that walk them into bedtime we have potty time with a the story then it's brush your teeth then it's pajama time. Then it's bedtime story. Then we do peekaboo under the beds. Go, oh where have you gone? Oh there you are. Then it's, it's good night kisses. Like and you know and they just they just slip into it fine.
1: The routine is so key. I can't even like for twins as well. I must imagine. I mean, I can't imagine that. That's, yeah, it's just crucial. We have the same thing for us. We do the bath. We do the teeth. Do the whole thing. We've now got this ridiculous routine. It's actually really cute. But um, so this, it's a three-year-old. So yeah. we do. He's um, had a quick kiss. Uh, then we do a rub noses, which we call a bugger from a, from a show called Daniel Tiger, which is really right. good on, on YouTube. And then it's a butterfly kiss, kiss with the eyelashes. Then it's an ear kiss. Now I don't know where he got that idea. So now our ears have to rub. And then it's but- <laughs> and then I think I threw in a bum kiss. So the whole oh, thing nice. takes. But by the time that whole process is worked through with mum and dad, it's like he gets it. He's like he's in bed and it's like. Yeah. Yeah. The only difference is, I wonder if you find this. When I, it's so much easier for me to put him down. It's like I'll sing, sing him one song <laughs> and then done, I shut the door right. and he's fine. Mum does it. she's She's got to sing to him. She's got to no. get him a cup of water. It's an extra process. Do, do you a, guys have experience that?
0: If we're both here, it's a two person job. Oh, you know, yeah. we both, we, we do it. We, we you know, if we're both here, we just do it together. Um, well, like, we, you can't, you, you can't, you can't always do it together because of work or you want to go, you know, you or you want to have a life. Um and like, um, <laughs> you, you want know, to have
1: a life. Yes. so too, <laughs> it, it, Well, you know, it,
0: it's, 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 it's probably the thing I'm, I'm least good at, you know, is, yeah, you know, is, is sort of like making time, making time for me. Um, I'm getting you know, it's, it's getting easier now, they're getting a bit older, like, and I, just, I went out on Friday night with one of my old friends, it was just like, oh, I was just like, felt so good, the weekend, I was like, I've got, to, I've got to make sure I do this kind of thing on a regularish basis, you know? I'm but, with you,
1: I'm bad at that, Yeah, I'm good just, for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, but anyway, but yeah, so sometimes, you know, you, you do have to do it by yourself, but the, the, they're pretty accepting, you know, you do one first, and then while you're doing the other one, the, the one you already done is usually pretty calm and, and quiet, and then, yeah, and then, and if you go, like I say the you know the the you know the we've the pretty good They're pretty good the routine is everything when you have got twins you know you need your morning routine and and all all of this all all of this kind of stuff and it's great and it you know because it it works it mean you know your routine enables you to get through life and to get out the house and and go on adventures and do things, get them ready for nursery or, or, yeah, or whatever. But also the, you know, the routine also becomes a bit like a prison at times as well. You know, you got, you've got to find ways to sort of like get you out. Need, it from do you, so are
1: you guys good at getting time for yourself? You sounds like you, you aren't, haven't been that great. Like, do you get, yeah. cause do you, Mike? So two questions, do you get time for yourself and what does that look like when you do? And then do you yeah. guys get time together?
0: yeah i mean like that you know i think like one of one of the nice things about have, having a routine and having boundaries and getting your kids to bed at seven o'clock or half seven or something like that is that you then get a couple of hours at the end of the day and like that it's, that's your time and you may be pretty tired or whatever um but but like you know i think it's re- i think it's really really important it's really really helpful to get that um and do you know and we do look for we do look for opportunities to for some us time like i was saying we were at my mum's the other weekend and that's often an opportunity unfortunately my mum wasn't feeling very well so we couldn't like you know we weren't in a position we were kind of like oh let's leave the kids with your mom with my mom one afternoon and get out but we we couldn't we couldn't do that this time unfortunately we've got like um again like i say we've got you know we live in sort of like quite a nice sort of family-friendly place a couple of doors up there's a um, and the neighbors have a fifteen-year-old daughter, so she's good for babysitting every now and then, as long as we arrange it a bit in advance. She only wants a tenner, um, and you know you need to get back for eleven o'clock at night, so that helps us get out sometimes. Um, we've got we've got we've got a, ni- a nice a nice family at the back as well, and they 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 babysit for us now and then. I mean, like, we, we, We're definitely due a date. I mean, I've, we've been talking about it. We are due a date a date night soon. Yeah. But do they
1: go? The kids go to daycare. We call, yeah. it, we call it daycare here. Daycare, yeah, there.
0: we nursery if you like, but yeah, we we do. I mean, we we, um, we have to pay for it ourselves last year, but this 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 year the government funds a certain amount of it. Like at the minute, our day our daycare is actually really good. Four and a half days. They have a half day on a Wednesday. Like like I say, they do still need a nap, so we get them out on a Wednesday for half a day after half a day, so they can have a nap. Oh um, yeah. Because I mean, what I, I found is
1: what we've been trying to do every now and again, if the weather's good or whatever, we'll do it in the winter to go skiing is we'll take a day off work. Yeah. So the kids are, we don't need to worry about like who's looking after them because grandma's good for a couple hours down the road, yeah. but we can just like, Oh, he's in there for the day. Let's just take a day off.
0: We, we were totally scuppered by coronavirus, Right. Cause we, you know, we, we plan to do the same things a couple of times at the start of the year. But then, like, um, I, I think like the first time we booked the day off work, that, like that that day, like um, I think like nobody was nobody from there from there from Bunnies was going in because they because somebody had because somebody had tested positive, and it was like so we were told not to take the kids in, like and it was like oh but this is this was supposed to be our date day, and then and then again we we booked a date day and they. Like for, for the last week and a half they closed the provision down because that many staff were off with coronavirus they couldn't open and like you know and again oh, like yeah. uh, so we done exactly that booked a day of work to go on, and it was like again corona 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 bloody pandemic i know yeah it's funny it.
1: well you know what, we're, tra- we're trying to mix it up a bit because we we get a couple every now and again we'll have a show that we're into on the old netflix or whatever yeah but um but I'm trying to get away from that because it's kind of nice to have the evening. I don't know, just to not be staring at the screen. So we actually say, <laughs> Sage just bought a chess board. Um, oh,
0: right. Nice. We got
1: Scrabble too, but just to like, she's like, come on, let's play, let's get it. Let's have a games evening, you know, once a week or something where we turn the screen off and we're not staring. Yeah. It's actually been really nice, but mainly yes. because I I've won. I won the first, <laughs> I won the first round of chess. It's a brand new thing. We got it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, well,
0: I, I love playing games. I think yeah, it's, it's good, isn't it?
1: It's good. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna consciously try and do that a bit more. It's just to have that connection.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, just- I mean a couple a couple of things that we do to sort of like enable our, our relationship is we 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 try and schedule in like um once a week, like um an hour an, an hour's break at the same time in our working schedule when we're working from home, and we just we just sit down and have like a And like have a chat and we do it during the day rather than in that end period because when it because like you know you get the kids down at seven then you do all the tidying up and everything like that and it's 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 half seven eight o'clock and it's it's not a great time like you know if you've been up since five six in the morning you're knackered it's not a great time to have like a meaningful conversation and talk about some of the things that you want to that are a bit more difficult and that kind of thing like so so like we we, we try our best to one once a week scheduling like a, an hour long tea break where we sit with each other and like and honestly you can have a much better conversation about
1: that's so the import, true actually. About, yeah, about, yeah. The
0: import, about the important things if you you know if you do if you do at 11 o'clock in the morning 100% than, yeah. well, actually
1: with a pregnant wife she's pretty much asleep by eight o'clock on the couch to be honest <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. if I bug her she reminds me she's growing you know there's she's there's two of them which is so true but um, that's a really good point. But hey, that's listen.
0: A, a, that's one of the ways sort of like we, you know, one of the ways we make sure we have like a, a good conversation. It's not possible every week, but as long as you try and you don't, you, you know, you're doing it a couple of times a month, three times a month, you have, you know, you, you, you're getting them points of connection. You're
1: setting that intention, which I think is yeah. huge. That's step one, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. But um, Yeah, no, listen, because I know time's getting on. I, could, I Honestly, I could yeah. just keep chatting with you, but sure, we're going to do it. We're going to come on. I'm going to come to your podcast, I think.
0: Uh, that
1: I'd love that, yeah, very much. And you could, we so could we can keep we can keep spinning off yeah. on the, these other stories. But yeah. what I do want to touch on? Because I think this is really interesting, and there may well be other listeners out there dealing with this kind of thing. Um, and actually, I've had it in my family as well. Um, yeah, your boys are possibly um, maybe on the autism spectrum. They've yeah. seen an early years special needs That's specialist. Correct. I think is yeah. the full phrase for that person. And you're waiting. Yes. To, you were waiting to see a pediatrician. I think.
0: Could yes, you we like? Are.
1: When did? When did any concerns come up for you with the boys? Like, how did that? How does that look?
0: Well, it it happened. it happened at this. It happened at this sort of like around the start of this year. Sort of like so sort of maybe February. February this year. Um, and we had a We had a conversation with um the daycare providers we were using at the time. And they were just sort of saying, like, you know, your boys are quite repetitive. Um, you know, they, they lounge, you know, that they, they lounge a lot around a lot, they're kind of struggling, sort of like with, with stairs and f- jumping and physical challenges and that and that kind of thing. Um and it was kind of like it was kind of news to us. We hadn't really, we, you know, we 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 hadn't really noticed it. I mean, like, I noticed that they were a a bit sort of like physically behind some of their peers, but, you know, I hadn't thought that like, it was like, like it hadn't, it hadn't propped. I was was like, I was just kind of hoping, you know, that they were just a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit slower or whatever. So they, so they, they put, they put us in for, for the, for the referral. Um, And, you know, we were told there was quite, um, you know, that the way the waiting list would, would mean it would take at least a year before we saw the specialist, but the fact that they were so young meant they got sort of like fast tracked, um, and and so so like it, within like about two months, the specialist came out to see them in the provision, and came, I couldn't I couldn't be here for the meeting. It was really frustrating, but I was just committed to a piece of work I couldn't get out of. Um, when when she visited the house, but um, but um, yeah, and so like. She, she actually just last week she, she went to see she went to see the boys but unfortunately, we just had chicken pox so only one of them was in school either what the other one the one who caught it second was still was still off and he had it worse actually like Cassius had it much worse than Milo so she's seen Milo again but so, so like um, and she's referred us to the pediatrician we had a date but that got cancelled she referred us to a physiotherapist who's come and sort of like seeing them and that kind of thing and she's she's basically put us in for sort of like um for, for, to be scheduled into sort of like autism testing but she's she's not having seen the boys and seen their development she's not a hundred percent she's not like 100 convinced she says but she says like at this age it's, it's it's a bit funny to be using that kind of label anyway it seems
1: really early to put them in a box yeah, to me
0: yeah yeah and um you know and it was it was it was the daycare that, that, sort, right. of said, that, that, that sort of said that, that sort of like put that label on it but what you know but but she's She's got the specialist is put the, put, putting them through all the things that, like, you know, you can access. But what she's feeding back to us is that, like, you know, they were premature because twins usually are, um, and they pretty much always are. They were premature. Um, they're twins, and that, right, that always delays. That always oh, delays. Oh, interesting. Didn't
1: know that. Huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, if, if you think about it, right, you know, you've got one child to two parents. And we've got, you know, we got two char- two children, two parents, little things like yeah. get, get, if you want to get out of the house and do something and you're trying to teach them to do, to put their own stuff on, there comes a point where you just have, you just have to get it done because of the, it's the balance between sort of teaching them independence and getting off and meeting people and being on time and being able so they, to-
1: They might actually be used <laughs> to sitting around a bit on their ass,
0: and so, waiting so, yeah. for the other
1: one to get dressed or whatever.
0: So, so kind of like, yeah, kind of just little things, little things like that. I mean, like one of the things we do, and this would be one of my top tips to anybody who's, going, who's a parent of multiples or twins anyway, is like one-to-one time. We try and do one to one time every day with them. And, like, you know, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes, and they love it. If you say it's like, you know, there's no resistance, or they will even say, is it one to one time yet? Is it one to one time yet? You know, and sometimes we have quality one to one time, you know, where we both go off for half a day or whatever it is and do it, like, you know, with it, with it, with a child each. I think that, you know, that's really, really important. But anyway, yeah, twins, there's all, like, you know, that they're always, was. it's really, really usual to have sort of development delays. In, in, what, in, what, in whatever particular areas and then lockdown so she starts saying like you know because they, they, they've had more they've had like you know 50% more referrals as a consequence of lockdown than they normally get but she's saying like them you know and the fact that maybe you know they're just a bit you know they're, they're just a bit quirky like you know but like they, they, these three these like premature birth, twins and lockdown could just be what we're seeing you know and and like you know and perhaps you know we had been locked down for nearly a year, you know, and even when parts of England came out of the lockdown, we were put back into a lockdown pretty quickly because of you know rates around here and stuff like that. So we spent nearly a year in lockdown, and you know, and, and you know, and that, and I think like that that did have a a big impact. That did have have. A big, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like as soon as we could, we got invited to go and stop working. Well, With with our friend Daisy in Brighton, she's um, guest and podcast number one. If anyone's interested, we went as soon as as soon as we could, soon as we were allowed to at the start of the year. Sort of like after we'd had these conversations, we went to stop with her in Brighton, and something happened right something happened where like we got out we got out of our house and our town we saw other people the boys socialized with the people daisy was just amazing with them you know this you know like the sense of theater she brings to life they just they just thought she was amazing you know and we came back from brighton and so some kind of check something had clicked you know like and and just just by just by virtue of like being able to be with other adults and 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 yeah, have, you know, come have, up, have coming very... out of the bubble. So I don't. So I I like like I don't know. I'm really really grateful that we're doing this like in a very thorough and like let's 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 put their well being at the front and make sure like not make any assumptions about what they are or aren't and make sure they go through this full. Well, that's thing good.
1: Problem. Are you both like that though? Can you both just like all right? Let's just let the process work through. We're doing the best for them. We're not going to kind of worry and kind of
0: I mean, put them like, in a box you know, yet. Yeah, and like you know, the, you know that you know, I mean, you know, I mean, like I think, like if they're, you know, if if they are on on the autistic spectrum disorder, like the the wo- the worry is that, uh, like you know, we live, you know, we live in a prejudiced society, right? It will be the discrimination and difficulties they experience because of the because of this perceived di- difference, like. Um, like you know, and, that, and like that, I would say, that's like my chief you because, like you know, I'm their dad, right? But like they are amazing kids. They're beautiful. Be they're beautiful beings, and I'm, you know, I'm very happy about all about all. I'm everything. sure they're
1: gifted, and what I find too, having worked in outdoor education for a long time, I'd often be told of the kid in the group group that was aspergic, you know, on the spectrum. Yeah, I'd never know. I wouldn't yeah. have known unless somebody said something. So I think a lot of the time, there's so many people adults and kids that are on the spectrum that we don't really know about
0: yeah you know but
1: people want to put them in a box now there's so many forms that have to be ticked
0: i mean they they certainly have phenomenal memories the things they remember, like they memorize their favorite books like that you know like and sometimes the things that they remember just take you by surprise you know it's like what you can remember that you know what, kids are
1: like that though my boys are both like that i found we took
0: we can't talk about
1: them i can't talk about all the other kids but my boys i find the same thing though their yeah. memory, you're just like, huh? How the hell do you remember that?
0: Yeah, we took him to a horse sanctuary about eight months ago, and then we went there fairly recently. And it's actually a really good day out. I don't know if it sounds it, but like it's 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 a great day out at the horse sanctuary. And like, um, we went into this stable anyway, and like, Milo's like, that's a horse dryer, and it's like, how on earth do you remember that? <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. you all of little things like that. Yeah. So, that's yeah, great. So, so so yeah, but maybe. You know, maybe it's the sugar-free diet. <laughs> it keeps the brain cells in
1: time. There you go. Yeah, because that's the same with my kids. Yeah, I think it's got to be a no-brainer, really, I think. Um, mate, there's so many other questions I've got for you and stuff to talk about, um, which I'm sure we can catch up another time, but I know the time's moving on. So yeah, sure. let's let's just leave it with one. I like to kind of, at the end of each conversation, just
0: yeah,
1: ask you if you could whisper into your ear before you had kids, or if you were talking to a new dad, somebody who's about to have a have their first kid, um, what could you tell them? What would you whisper in their ear?
0: Yeah, definitely like make, make time for yourself. And it's going to look a bit di- like making time for yourself is going to look a bit different when you become a parent. And I think this is why it can be so hard is because like before you become a parent, it happens in quite an organic way, the opportunity to go out and do stuff and things like that and I, so, so like you know not just make time for yourself but you're gonna have to do it in a way that that's different to how you do it now you know you're gonna have to be more proactive about it you know you're gonna have to sort of say to people hey do you fancy going for a walk or do you fancy coming out with me yeah you, know, you, you know what because if you sit and wait for it to happen it'll hardly ever come your come your way you've got you you've got to sort of like have a different habit for doing that I mean if you could like I say if you're going to be a parent of multiples one-to-one time one-to-one time and it, and every day, if you can, and like, and even if it's just 10 minutes with, with one person reading a story in the one room, one person reading a story in the other room, or playing the memory game or something like that, like, um, it's just like, you know, if, you, if you're parent of multiples, it's really, really important.
1: That's a good point. And you know what? Regardless of whether it's twins, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah any, sure. You know,
1: different age kids, just give them give them some one-on-one time. I think yeah, it's ab- really, really precious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely um what 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 else what would be the other thing sort of like um involve them in whatever level you know like as soon as as soon as as soon as you can in decision making and making choices even if it's like oh which spoon do you want to eat your cereal with do you want the do you want the the blue one or the red one you know or 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 whatever you know but but involve them and c- encourage them to start making choices, you know, like pulling open the t-shirt, drawing them on and which t-shirt do you want to wear? Like, um, you know, right, it's, your t- it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn to pick the bedtime story, Milo. Go, go, go and pick a story you want, you know, like in, in, involve, like, you know, however low level it is start including them in the decision-making of their lives.
1: Yeah. I really like that. I, cause I do that. I find as well, they react better because, you're giving them a choice that we've well, got you can do you know you can eat this piece of fruit or that piece of fruit doesn't matter but you at least you get to choose but you get i need you to eat something right now because yeah you, or whatever it is that was not maybe not the best example but yeah yeah, yeah good share good i good mean one.
0: a little one that happened just this week right i took them shopping and we get this sugar-free muesli and i normally get like there's three colors green orange and blue and i normally get either the orange and blue one um so and they were shopping with me. I was like, "Oh, which muesli do you want?" They were dead excited. There's a green one. There's a green one. Can we have the green one? And, then, and like we 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 still got the last bit of the orange one, but they're so excited. They can't wait for the green one to come out to come out of the cupboard. That's <laughs> so great. Because they, they've chosen, it, but it was this marvelous revelation to them when we were in the supermarket. It was a like, it was a green muesli. It's so And
1: you're right. The autonomy that you kind of encourage them to have is really healthy, I think, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And there's times where I don't take any nonsense, but I do, yeah, I definitely like to involve them as much as I can. Yeah.
0: Well, there's times when you have to not take any nonsense, too. There's that, there's that using, using, using good discernment, using the right sort of judgment about like when you have to sort of like, you know, sort of say this isn't, this isn't on. Crossing
1: a road, for example. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Simple definitely. things like that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, very much so, uh, yeah. Jamie.
1: Love talking to you today, man. And, um, you as well, blue. I really enjoyed, I just want to say, I really enjoyed that. Um, hearing about the jungle of Peru, oh, and, yeah.
0: I'm,
1: and I'm hoping to ask you more questions next time we get to do the podcast together. Um, because yeah, that was really fantastic. But yeah, man, thank cool. you so much for sharing. There's lots of good stuff in there, and um, yeah, looking forward to connecting on your podcast real soon, hopefully.
0: Yeah, that'll be great. We'll be in touch it's been a pleasure. Soon. Yeah, I'll, we'll be chatting again in a week or two's time.
1: Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or, an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders, and a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show, and we'll see you next time.